Yeah, so uh, you want to fucking rub it in, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm making it to the playoffs, and I whooped your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I even left Goddard on the bench. And <laughs> well, where I fucked up is I played Singletary <laughs> and not uh, Damian Smith. Yeah, I I honestly, <laughs> I've, I've been so much of a set it and forget it in the leagues. It's like, oh, God, because I just, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I know how I'm doing so good in your league because you, you have a bunch of slack magnets that I swear to God, it's like, Bye weeks? I'll just keep him in. <laughs> Dude, uh, my team has been decimated by in- by injuries throughout the entire season. COVID, injuries, fuck me over. That's why you got to start with a good team. I started with a good team. Yeah, yeah. I showed up late for the draft and see what it got me. Yeah, well, shit, fucking Never. luck, too. And you had a better draft pick than me. Better draft position than me. You own the league. You, you can't make these excuses. When I owned a league, I made sure everything was in my favor. Yeah, because you're a scumbag. <laughs> I I don't like to, your tone. <laughs> I don't care. You, are you sir, are a scumbag. You remember a few weeks back, I had the idea uh-huh. for um, flavor-changing candy. Yes. Right, the... You know, lemon is yellow, the cherry is red, and if you eat them both at the same time, you get orange. Right. Right. You said it was a dumb idea. No, I said it. I, it's a, I didn't say it was a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. I said it would be hard to, like, well, the mechanics well, I've, of getting the flavors. I've, I've got people now who have looked at that idea and said, yeah, that's a great idea. So, But I'm, I never said it was a dumb idea. I said it was a difficult idea to get the mechanics to work. For the flavors, you fucking dolt. Well, just keep in mind, when that idea goes live, who came up with it? Yeah, I hope you patented it. I hope you make some money. All right, all right. So, Unlike you, I ain't a hater. <sighs> I, I'm, I just want to let you know that I put that idea out there to a general form of inventors. And a lot of them said, oh, yeah, yeah, good one. There you go. See that? I hope you patent it. I hope you make. I, I, I hope you make. I, I, make I don't. Little, I don't know how to patent anything like that. I just, I just put the ideas out there. You know. So you're gonna let somebody else get rich off your idea? No, no. Well, people have been doing that for years. Name one. <laughs> That's. I'm just saying. I've come up with ideas that have like you know, you know, happened in real life. Name. All right. One. All right. No. Okay. When I was a kid. When I was a real little kid. All right. Uh huh. We had a TV with a dial on it. And I said, you know, probably out loud at one point, wouldn't it be great to have a device, you know, that I didn't have to get up and change the channel? And they invented a remote. Now, you can say all you want. The remote control was invented in the 1950s or 60s before you were born, slap dick. I'm I'm just saying, well, yeah, with the wire, with the wire. But, you know, I... Even without the wire, (laughs) slap dick. I'm just saying. And, and my grandfather, Chut, had a fucking remote control for the longest time. I'm just. I'm just. It was me. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I've I've had ideas out there that have gone on to, you know, become reality. No, you have not. No, 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 no. Other than you living in your usual delusional state, how's your week been? Oh, this has this has been a rough week. It was. I have been nonstop going since last week. Uh, between every, we've had to. I I went to the 
the play up at the high school. They were doing Clue. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, uh, Jesse and Alistair went. They they both had a good time. Yeah. Then we went uh, went to see Christmas lights here and there. Uh huh. Um, Val's concerts tomorrow. Yeah. I'm here tonight. It seems like I have not had a chance to sit down. <laughs> yeah. You um, know, and I'm not going to for, you know, because now the weekend's coming up and I'm going to PAX. Yeah. And that is, I know that's a nonstop, non-sit-down weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, it, it's been hectic here too, but mostly with work-related bullshit with me. Um, like, they're hammering the, they're hammering the shit out of Randy and I. Um... Like there's uh, RCN's doing a big build into Exeter and mm-hmm. that area, and Randy and I caught the whole fucking job. So yeah. that's been you know keeping. And it's us- cold out too. Yeah. Oh, I think this basement's cold. I can't imagine what you guys are. Yeah, yeah. Getting out and getting out and having to measure all the all the attachments on the poles yeah. is becoming a a bit of a pain in the ass. And I broke my glasses. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I I, get, I have to wait till the thirteenth till I can get a appointment to get a new pair. Oh, that sucks. Yep. So I can I can see fine in front of me. It's just like driving's a little bit, you know. You see, that's the only time I wear mine too. Yeah, it's a little blurry, but I'll you yeah. know I'll, see, I'll be okay. That's the only time I wear my glasses too is when I drive. So yeah. that's kind of kind of fucky, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, you know, everything's going all right. Yeah. Uh, Got the as you saw when you came in, we got the uh, we put the Missy put the Christmas tree up tonight. Uh, the seizure, the new seizure inducing Christmas tree. <laughs> so I brought my guitar rack. I brought my my guitar rack down here. That, that, boy, yeah, that I mean, I wasn't shy about that. But then I walked in, it was like, wow, that's you know, she's like, she did she go to the store and said, I want the blinking lights. <laughs> No, actually, like, wow! Actually, we were gonna go to the store and buy a new tree, mm-hmm. but one of the ladies that Missy works with has nine cats. Okay, no, no, I'm waiting to see how this story relates. No, no nine, nine <laughs> cats, and the cats tried to destroy the tree. Yeah, so she gave the tree to to Missy. The cats tried to destroy that thing. Yeah, how they get near it before it got blinded? I don't know, but <laughs> Jeffrey like- and Waylon have been fucking with it. Oh, well, cats do that. I mean, oh, yeah, when, I as, so, as soon as we put our tree up, you know, Sweet Pea was like, you know, oh, the giant toy's in the living room again. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't even plugged in, and Jeffrey was fucking with it. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's just the way cats are, and, you know, let them let them be cats. But now, like last year, we had a, we had a much larger tree up. Mm. And uh, Waylon... The big fat bastard. Yeah. Like to crawl up in the tree and lay in the branches right. of said tree. That fat fuck won't be able to do it in this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Waylon's, Waylon's a bit tubby. Uh, Jesse weighed him uh, about a week or so ago. That cat's like uh, 15 pounds. Okay. Is that heavy for a cat? Yeah. Uh, he's he's a tubby. <laughs> he's a tubby. Yeah, I'm, I am... I got all the decorations up at the house. Everything's good. good. Nice. I just have, I have to fix the lights on the train. Go figure. There's yeah. something I need. That's something that needs to be invented. What? Like light bulbs that don't burn out. <sighs> Switch to LEDs. Another idea. Another idea. You're welcome, America. 
I hate you. <laughs> I, I I hate everything about you. I hate your face. I hate your voice. <laughs> wow. The thought of you <laughs> the thought of you makes me angry. <laughs> Man, and you know, I thought this was gonna be all kumbaya. <laughs> no, you know, never. All right, um, let's. Uh, we talked about doing a Metallica deep dive. Yeah. for our next one, um, I've gotten pretty far into the catalog. I'm up to load. Okay, um, but I say we can put that off for a little bit. I, you know, put that off for a week or two. Yeah, it's fine. I haven't, um, I haven't done any research into Metallica. Yet. Right. Um, so let's, uh, let's do a throwback episode today. Oh, great. Let's stick our hand in the bucket. There's not much in the bucket. All right, here we go. Okay. A quick start guide to, oh, that's my custom. That's my hand. (laughs) Oh no. It's for the, it's a quick start guide to the new mixer. (laughs) I I think you misplaced buckets. Call me a dumbass. I didn't. I didn't mean it like the way it, it, it sounds. This is gonna suck again because the, the the movie stars thing is like I never see any of his movies. I grabbed a oh, large one. Oh, good. That's gonna be on music. Oh, okay. Yeah, basically, and it is. Oh my! We have a lot to unpack, my friend. <laughs> Which one was that one? Vocalists. Yes. Okay. This is something that you and I can definitely sink our teeth deep, 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 deep into. Pretty much. But actually, hang on. Before we get on to vocalists, though, as we record this, today is Wednesday, December 8th. December 8th is a very sad day in the music in the music world. On this day in 1980, John Lennon was murdered. Mm-hmm. And again on this day, in but in 2005, Dimebag Daryl was murdered. Yep. So, um, before you know, uh, I, you you normally save this shit for the end, but yeah. we'll do vocalists to keep everything happy. Oh, yeah. um, even though you're not going to listen to this on December the eighth, crank some Beatles, crank some Pantera, some Damage Plan, um, you know, Dime. Was a, a a legend. Lennon was a legend. Um, didn't didn't Razzle also? I don't know what day Razzle was killed. I, I would have to look that up. Yeah, I I I thought there was something because I always remember them. I know it was in December. I know I know they used to mention something with with Dime. Hang on, let, let hang on while we're thinking about this. He's going to Razzle Dingley. Okay, Razzle, uh, he died, yep, December 8th, holy yep. shit, December 8th, 1984. I, I knew there was some sort of connection between him and Dime, and I didn't, I didn't, I could not for life, because they didn't, gra- they didn't, definitely didn't travel in the same circles. No. Because it was too much years between them. Oh, shit, I never, I, I never realized yep. that Razzle was, uh, today was the day Razzle died as well, uh, so I'll add an extra fuck you into this one. And. And crank up the Hanoi Rocks as well. Yes, two steps from the move. Mm-hmm. Much underrated record. That, Hanoi Rocks was underrated. Period. Period. I mean, you'd, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of people that... And I mean, I mean, in our circles, yes. I mean, but you go, out, you go outside, mention Metallica. 
to like someone, you know, at the at the store and even, you know, the six year old, you know, grandmother. Oh, yeah, I know who they are. But yeah. you mentioned Hanoi Rocks. There's there's not a lot of people that know what that means. Right. And there would be no sleaze. Rock. There would have been no sleaze rock. Yeah. The hey, LAC yeah. would not have been what it was without bands like Hanoi Rocks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Two steps from the move. Bangkok shocks. Mm-hmm. All great stuff. Um, so crank some Hanoi Rocks. Crank mm-hmm. some Damage Plan. Pantera. Some Beatles, some Lennon solo stuff, just not the shit with Yoko. Um, You know, let the music live on. And uh, I'll close this segment out by saying, fuck you to Nathan Gale, who's the asshole who killed Dimebag. Mm. Fuck you to uh, Mark David Chapman, who's the asshole who killed John Lennon. And fuck you to Vince Neil. Fair enough. You got away with murder. Hmm? Uh, Not murder, but vehicular manslaughter. Yep. You got away with it. You're an asshole. And Hanoi Rocks was better than Motley anyway. I said what I said. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so, vocalists. Yes. How do we want to do this? Well, this is this is difficult because different uh, vocalists, I mean, I think the ones that really define a band. Yeah. I mean, when I put every instru- every instrument of a band is in that. In that bucket, you know. Okay. And vocalists just being pulled first. I mean, it's like I wanted to basically, if we're gonna say, you know, who are our favorites? Okay. Who are the ones that you can we can actually listen to? We enjoy their music, and basically, if somebody else sang it, it wouldn't be the same. Okay, that's that's an interesting way to approach this, really. Yeah. Um, I'll start. All right. Ronnie James Dio. Hmm. Picture the last in line being sung by anybody but RJD. Mm. I don't think it would work. No, he was very, you know, and 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 the the tribute album that got put out for him. Yeah, As, and it's, I love it. It's brilliant. It's great. Um, but nobody can belt out those songs like you're, like Ronnie. You're right. Ronnie Dio has uh, an iconic voice mm-hmm. and an instantly recognizable voice. You hear a Dio song and you know that's Ronnie yeah. James Dio. And it's powerful. Yes. The vocals just just surround you and pull you in. And to think that dude's shorter than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and just his... was shorter than me. Yeah, his... I mean, and... Everything I've seen for interviews, it just he's an amazing person all around. Yeah. You know, no no bad things are ever said about Ronnie ever. No. He's one he was I think he's one of the few few people out there that it's like you, know, you how do you, you say anything bad about the guy? Even Richie Blackmore, who's a notorious fucking dickhead. Yeah. Never had a bad thing to say about Ronnie Dio. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just it, it shows you what a talent and what a genuinely cool person he mm-hmm. seemed to be. You know, I got nothing but mad love and respect for Ronnie oh, yeah. Dio. Um, and w- once again, his his music, the Dio solo stuff, and even the, st- the stuff he did with Rainbow and Black Sabbath mm-hmm. would not sound the same with a different singer. I don't I know Ozzy never did the Dio era Sabbath stuff. OK, I know that never happened because it wouldn't work. It, it wouldn't work. And I don't think Sharon's ego would allow that to happen. 
<laughs> we didn't write this. You didn't write this with Ozzy. We can't do it. Uh, yeah, I think the cadence wouldn't have been right because Ozzy did very things very. His his vocals were very like on with the. He followed like the rhythm. Yeah, and where where Dio's was very, you know, he followed, you know, more or less the lead and yeah. it was flowing. It was a counter. It, it, it was kind of a counter melody. Medley, uh, melody. Yeah, o- almost a counter melody to what's going on. But you're right, and uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you for certain if Joe Lynn Turner. Well, I'm sure he did. But I'm sure Joe, like I'm sure Joe Lynn Turner did the Dio era stuff when he was with Rainbow, you know. Yeah, I, I'm sure he did because there was so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Blackmore's Rainbow to Rising to you know to all of those great iconic Rainbow albums that have Ronnie Dio on them, you can't ignore that history. Yeah, but yeah, Ronnie James Dio, which actually leads us into a nice segue, Ozzy. Yes, Ozzy's Ozzy's a a very accomplished vocalist. Yes, and very very and his music is very familiar. Everyone should know who he is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. and we did talk about how his later stuff really got muddied down. Yeah, it got watered down, um, and just was like we said, not very not very enjoyable. Yeah, but but everything from you know. From his er, you know early Sabbath and his early albums, I mean, just his delivery. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just classic Ozzy. It is, and Ozzy's got another one of those super distinct voices. Yeah, you know Ozzy when you hear him. Yeah, and it's always weird to me. He's one of those that you know his vocal, his music, singing voice is so different than his speaking voice. Right, you can actually understand him when he sings. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, and it's not it's not like slowed down. You're in the home, Ozzy. It's like, you know, he should just sing everything. Right. (laughs) I don't think it's a vitamin B12 shot he gets before shows. (laughs) No, no. I think it's just just the way singers are brought up. I mean, Ozzy is one of the greatest vocalists in the history of heavy metal, Mm. you know, and his delivery is so unique. Um, Like, if you go back to the early Black Sabbath stuff, especially the song Black Sabbath. Mm Mm-hmm. His del- he sounds like a tortured soul on that song. Oh yeah, you know, like he he really does sound like a tortured soul. And then you get onto stuff like uh, uh, like changes. Mm-hmm. You can feel the emotion. The you can feel you know the 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 real heartfelt fire that Ozzy's putting into his his work. Mm-hmm. And I I've got. You know, once again, nothing but love and respect for Ozzy Osbourne. He's one of my favorite vocalists. Yeah, and way he does covers, he does them very well too. Yeah, like so, like like Hellraiser and um and that one, the God of Hellfire. Oh, I Fu- never listened to that. Oh my God, yes, the Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Yes, yeah, I am the God of Hellfire, and I'll give to you fire. I'll do, you know, you know I'll song. take you, you to burn. Yeah, and he does it, and it's done in that Aussie way. I have to find that. The, co- the covers album is awesome. Is that the undercovers? Yes. I didn't listen to it. I will have to fucking check that out <laughs> because I love that song by the Crazy World of Arthur Brown. You know, that's a song I was introduced to on um, from the young ones. Yep. <laughs> During the the board episode, he's getting yep. tortured by Fatimunch. <laughs> Yes, it's like, and I was like, that was just, and I remember, and I and I heard that song again. And then I heard Ozzy's version years later. I was like, that's freaking awesome. 
They actually used to play the video for that on Headbangers Ball back in the day. Amazing. Yeah. And it's uh, the thing is, Arthur Brown kept doing that song up until the 2000s. He mm-hmm. was still, you know, doing shows. And he still had the freaking the flame pot on his head when he would do it. The, it was It's fucking cool. The weird part is I always attributed that in my mind to Frank Zappa. Yeah. It, it sounds like something off of Zappa. It right? sounds like something that Zappa. And I always almost attributed that accidentally to Zappa because it's like that does sound like the musical type of thing because it's, it's way out there musically too. Yeah. the Like the keyboard part in that is so badass. Yeah. You know, that's that's a really cool song. And it's, uh you know, like a cult classic song. Mm-hmm. And do yourself a favor. Get on YouTube and find <laughs> the song Fire by, oh. by the crazy world of Arthur Brown. That's the best thing about YouTube anymore. As, as bad as YouTube is to content creators... By demonetizing everything, is they've really become like the MTV 2.0. Pretty much, you you there is not something you can't find. Yeah, and, and you can you know you can create your own playlists. Yeah, you know it, it, you could do a lot of cool shit with uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else you got? Well, since we're sticking well, yeah, to heavy metal, well, I I want to take it away from heavy metal because because okay, I'm gonna talk about my my favorite vocalist and. It's going to come as a surprise to a lot of people. Uh-huh. I know there's probably a few names clicking around your head, but uh-huh. it must be. And it's not him. It's not him. And it's not even him. No, I, it's actually Elvis Presley. I can see that. I, no, I Knowing what I know about your about yeah, your I, your upbringing yeah, grew, and your mom. Yeah, and I grew up with Elvis, and I really love Elvis's songs. They are beautiful. They're, the delivery on both his rock and roll and his soft songs, gospel, country. He crossed so many genres. Yeah, and did it well. And yeah, and did every one of them really well. I mean, you. I mean, now I I did a lot of research a while back on those albums that I found. Yeah. And as I was doing that, Elvis never wrote a single song. No. Which is to me really odd. Now, did Scott Moore write a lot of his stuff? Uh, I, well, I'm not sure who did do a lot of the writing. I just know that his name was not on any writing and credits. Okay, which it, I thought was weird because whenever you look at any song, any album by anybody, even if nobody on the album wrote anything, they'll at least get some sort of credit for arrangement or something. Yeah, Elvis really, and I'm not diminishing, did nothing more than really come in and sing. Yeah, but did it. So well, but, but that that also is a throwback to the old studio system. Yeah, you know because and it's still going on to this day in country music. Ninety mm-hmm. percent, um, I'd say ninety percent of country artists don't write their own music. Oh well, yeah, it's. I mean, and it was funny that I know that um, there's a those memes that are out there that always say like you know this this number one hit was written by twenty people, and yeah. the singer wasn't one of them. Yeah, and all that other stuff. And then it's like compared to this one who didn't even win a Grammy was, you know, sung and written by this the person and you know everybody loves it. And it's like okay, but you know, I don't view the Grammys and award winning things as any as any indication. No, of, of it, anything. It but really isn't. You like I like music for liking music. Right, and Elvis. You know, I, since we're talking talking about Elvis, my favorite Elvis song. You would not believe what you probably won't guess what it is. Mm. Oh. My, my my mind says it might be in the ghetto, but that's only because now I'm singing it. Bingo. I'm, I'm, I'm singing it in my head. I, the, I love oh, that song. It's such a beautiful song. That is. I mean, even though it's been picked apart. 
you know. Yeah. It, 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 in other, in other in comedy stuff, it is a beautiful song. It is. And that's, that, that's Elvis really at the height of, at the height of his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's such a beautiful song. It's a well-written song. And Elvis just sings it so, sang it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And Cartman, Eric Cartman <laughs> did a fantastic job of it as well. Can you get here? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, the In the Ghetto is actually my favorite Elvis song. Uh, it's a, a it's a fee, it's a fantastically well performed and written song. Yeah, I think I think Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Beautiful. Is is one of my favorites and I just know it's just those those songs have such a nostalgia feel to me because that's that's what was in my house and I I have so many records at this point. You know, Snacky used to do a version of Hunka Hunka Burnin' Love. See, and and yeah, and I I love that stuff. That's such a great song. We actually mm. did that uh we did that as a favor to Jimmy. Mm. Um because Jimmy's mom is a huge Elvis fan. And he asked if we, you know, hey, could we, you know, mentioned doing an Elvis song, and we brought up, we ended up doing "Hunk a Hunk a Burning Love." Yeah, that's, yeah, his his he sang with so much heart and soul. Yeah, uh, up until his death. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, that is that's one of my favorite favorite vocalists, and I, I understand why there will never be another Elvis. Yeah, you know, that he was the first rock star, man. Yeah, and and after him, that's. That was it. It's it's just a shame. Turner, Colonel Tom, Colonel Com, Colonel Tom Parker was such a shitbag he couldn't get a passport, so Elvis never got to tour outside of the United States. He belongs to us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let's take it away from uh, let, let or let's stay away from metal for a minute. All right. What do you think of Johnny Cash? <sighs> yeah, it's a loaded question, you bastard. I'm not much of a fan of Johnny Cash. Really? I I do I do acknowledge that. I mean, I think I don't know. I I don't know. I just I think Oh god, I don't even know how to put this. I think I think he had some really good and there are songs that I like. Yeah. Um One Piece at a Time. Uh-huh. is one of my favorite Johnny Cash songs. You know, but then like Folsom Prison Blues I don't like. Really? Yes, I I I'm I don't, I'm not a fan of a lot of of a lot of Johnny Cash stuff. You know, and that's I, I just I just never I just didn't like it. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. I honestly think and I, I said I honestly think it's the way I kind of I kind of grew up. Yeah. Listening to, you know, Buck Owens, George Jones, uh-huh. uh Ronnie Millsap. Oh. Jo- Johnny Cash was honestly not in the rotation. There, you just brought up a name that I absolutely fucking love. Yeah, you see, it's like the, yeah, that that old country was the stuff of that I was like around constantly. But Johnny Cash was not one of them. Well, your mom may not have wanted the Johnny <laughs> Cash influence around because like him and Waylon Jennings and that that was outlaw country. No, she then. had Waylon Jennings. Well, the thing is, Waylon was one of the outlaw country yeah. guys too. Mm-hmm. And, and you had Waylon Jennings, Hank uh, Williams Jr. Hank Williams, she had, and I have some of that as well. I got Hank Williams stuff before he had the bearded mustache. Wow, you know, yeah, I have, and it's like, but Johnny Cash just did not. Wow, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like Johnny Cash, and I, and I, what I think happened is, after I got out of 
you know, and I, I started getting into metal. I mean, there's probably some tons of stuff that I just never got into. Right. You know, and that was one of them. And then then I got pissed off because because he did that cover of Hurt. Yeah. He was showing up on every metal station that there was. Yeah. And that gets kind of irritating. <laughs> well, I, I got to give Trent Reznor a lot of credit um, because he said that he, he would say when he was getting ready to play play Hurt live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote this song, but it's not mine anymore. Johnny owns this one yeah. now. And I love Johnny Cash's version of Hurt. It's got a different feel than the Nine Inch Nails version. Mm-hmm. And, and not just musically, because musically, the Nine Inch Nails version is obviously much darker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's much darker. It's much more dissonant, you know. And that was, you know, that's one of the geniuses of Trent Reznor is he uses dissonance effect more effectively than almost any other yeah. artist. Whereas Trent's was like an internal, you know, it was an internal thing, the hurt. You know, I hurt myself today yeah. to see if I still feel, and it's all coming from within him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Johnny's feels like the hurt is coming from outside or the cause of the hurt. Yeah, is coming from the outside because I think this is around the time he lost June. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I remember seeing the video and hearing yeah. it, and I mean, right at the beginning of it, it was fine. Yeah, but it to, for me, it just got completely. It was everywhere. Yeah, and I I really love Johnny's version. Mm-hmm. Heard I do. Um, I'm actually working on an arrangement for Folsom Prison Blues for Blood okay. Clot for Blood Clot to do. Uh, we're going to do just like a total punk, <laughs> total punk metal mashup of Folsom Prison Blues. Uh, it's going to be super simple. Three chords in the truth. What more do you need? Yeah. Um, but we're doing that. But you brought up a name. <laughs> you brought up a name, motherfucker. <laughs> and he's absolutely one of my favorite country singers of all time. Ronnie motherfucking Millsap. Mm. I love Ron. I love me some Ronnie Millsap. Yep. I I'll, I'll I'll turn on Spotify and I'll hit shuffle play right on my liked songs list, and you know I'm normally listening at a, at a reasonable volume, you know, <laughs> and then Smoky Mountain Rain comes oh, on. Oh my God, that's such a beautiful song. And the volume just gets cranked. Yep. I love that song, Smoky Mountain Rain is one of the most beautiful country songs I've ever heard. And I know every fucking lyric, yep. every line of that song. Yep. And daydreams about night, night things, things in the middle, middle of the afternoon. afternoon. Oh, God. Ronnie Millsap, that's a guy that should have had a much bigger yes. career than he did. You know, he, they probably did, but a lot of these are, they were big when we were younger. And the only reason I think we heard them is because it was what was on our parents' radio. Well, in, it was what was in the car when they were we were driving. In your case, your mom. In my case, yeah. it was my grandparents. Yeah. So it was like because my mom. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, my mom. Yeah. My I was brought up by my mom listening to Sabbath and fucking mm-hmm. Alice Cooper. You know. Yeah. But my grandmother, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I it, I was fed a steady diet of Whisper and Bill Anderson <laughs> and Ronnie Millsap and George Jones and uh. Buck Owens. And the same stuff that you grew up on, you know. Yeah. So I, in that respect, I had a like almost I had a more rounded musical upbringing than you did at that mm, point. Probably, probably, yeah. Because I got you know I got the I got the heavy stuff from my mom, and, and then I got the country from my grandparents. 
Yeah, I really was very. That's why like MTV was was big. I mean, I was listening to all the country stuff when I was younger, uh-huh. and then MTV showed up, and all the '80s pop was all I was listening to. Then yeah. I w- then I was a flock of seagulls fan. Pat Benatar, Michael Jackson. It was like this was the stuff that I loved. And then, you know, of course, you know, after meeting you and and watching MTV later on, it's like, oh, that's a genre. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, you brought up a, you just brought up another voice that is a part of the soundtrack of our youth. Mm-hmm. And she has one of the most powerful and Beautiful voices in the rock and roll game. Pat Benatar. Yes. Pat Benatar, that girl can fucking sing. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I have a video somewhere. Um, when Harry Chapin, they honored Harry Chapin with, uh, uh, like, the Kennedy Center honors mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And um, Pat Benatar comes up, and she sings Shooting Star, mm-hmm. which, you know, one of my favorite Harry Chapin songs. Oh, my God. The pipes on that woman are unbelievable. Yes. And then even you go on to her own stuff. You know, the stuff that she wrote that her and Neil Giraldo wrote together, her husband and also her guitar player, the stuff that they wrote together. um, Love is a battlefield. You know, even go with the hits. Go with hit me with your best shot. Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. That girl has a fucking voice. Mm -hmm. And here she is. She's in her 60s. Still going. Still going strong, and she's still killing it live. Yeah. You know, Pat Benatar is an amazing singer. And anybody that's going to shit on her, you know, you, you don't know what the I hell think you're... I think I still... I think the 80s and the 90s even, I mean, there were... The female vocalists really were front and center. Yeah. And I think there's been a, there's been a good number of them in the you know, 2000s and beyond. Yeah. But there was... So many. Well, let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Um, in the eighty in in the eighties in nineties. Yeah. Let's go mid eighties up. Right. We ca- that's that was that gave us Madonna, mm-hmm. who's a fantastic singer. Yep. You know, fantastic singer. I don't care if you don't like the music because I really don't care for it. But the girl can fucking sing. I actually like Madonna. Some of her stuff I can listen I, to. I I I like a lot of a lot of her her stuff and every mood that she's gone through. Oh, some. Wonderful stuff in there. Susanna Hoffs. Of, yes. Of the Bangles. Yes. Now, this may be a little little jaded on my end because I had the hugest crush on Susanna <laughs> Hoffs. I think, I think a lot of people did. Dude, she was hotter than a $2 pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susanna Hoffs, but an amazing singer. Just listen to Manic Monday. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song. Great yeah. song. Um you had Susanna Hoffs. You had Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's. Yes. And then later on in her solo career. Mm-hmm. Belinda Carlisle has a great singing voice. She's yes. a fantastic singer. And even if you want to get into the mall pop at the time, Debbie Gibson yep. was a great singer. Yes, she was. Fantastically talented vocals, vocalist. And then you, I mean, imagine, imagine if they would have had the American Idol bullshit Back then. Oh, my God. And when you had a girl like Debbie Gibson on mm-hmm. American Idol, she'd have smoked the entire competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else am I thinking of from that era? Tiffany. Who, Tiffany. I think Tiffany could have won American Idol. Yes. I think she got, uh, she kind of got poo-pooed a little bit because 
her one big hit was a cover song. Yeah. You know, her 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 cover of I Think We're Alone Now, mm-hmm. which is a great song. Yeah. Even if you go back and listen to the, the original version from the 60s, I couldn't tell you who did it. Buffalo Springfield, wasn't it? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I you know, so I'm not yeah. going to say yes or no. But you go back and listen to the to that song. It's a cool song. Mm-hmm. And she had a great voice. Um, I'm trying to think of some other Joan Jett. Joan Jett. I had always I always had a huge crush on Joan Jett too. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think I think we all did. You know, she just it was that was just like sexy rock and roll. And she still looks good. Yes. Joan Jett still looks good. Lita Ford. Oh, Lita Ford, her other yeah, the other runaways partner. Yep. Oh my god. Lita Ford had such a killer voice has such a killer yeah. voice too. Going into the nineties, you got Taylor Dane. Yes, I forgot about her. Jane Child. Oh my god. Yeah. There were so many and they were everywhere and they all had such great music. Yeah. You know, which was which was wonderful. I mean, that's I mean the, the female vocalist, I mean, was there and they, there was even, of course, in metal. Doro Pesh. Yes. I mean... <laughs> I forgot about... I wasn't even thinking about Doro Pesh. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, All We Are is like such a wonderful... I mean, when Wood Warlock. Yeah. Although, I always just remember her. I swear it was like, you know... Oh, Doro was in a band called Doro called Warlock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was like the first like really metal... Yeah. Uh, f- uh, female front person. Yeah. You know, I mean, later on you had Angela Gossow with mm-hmm. Arch Enemy... And stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, uh, of course, you had Kitty later on, mm-hmm. um, you know, all female bands. But back in the 80s and early 90s, that would really was an anomaly. Yeah. Most of the female singers were doing the pop thing. Most of them, yeah. And doing it well, though. I mean, pop oh, was... yeah. I mean, that's why all those songs and still, they, they couldn't get away from their, their one-hit wonders. And some were just so great. I'll give you three. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a group of three. Female, female vocalists that I thought were great, and I still love them to this day. T-Boz, Chili, and Left Eye. Okay. TLC. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I got out of TLC when they, in their later years. I did, too. But uh, if you go back to the Crazy Sexy Cool album. Oh, my God. I remember singing that one a lot. Oh, God. Waterfalls is such a beautiful song. Oh, I was thinking, ain't too proud to beg. No, ain't too proud to beg. That wasn't on Crazy Sexy Cool. Yeah, but cool. that's... A, well, I don't know. That was before yeah. that. That was, <laughs> the, that was their debut. But on Crazy Sexy Cool, you had Waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. What the hell else was on that album? That album was just loaded full of, of banging-ass songs, though. And I see all the videos for them in my head, too, yeah. and I can't... But it's been so... It's been a, That's been a minute since I listened to that. Yeah. I know what I'm listening to on the way to Harrisburg tomorrow. <laughs> um, oh, God. That was such a... Uh, they had I mean they could do the they could do the MC the hip hop MC mm-hmm. stuff they could do that and they did it really really well but then you take a song like Waterfalls when they're actually singing mm-hmm. and not just rapping those girls could go yeah you know they could go and I really 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 dug that stuff you know I got I well my a lot of my time in the army I spent hanging out with the African-Americans that mm-hmm. I was stationed with, uh, you know, guys like uh, Andre Flowers, you know, guys like James Pretlow, you know, all those guys. And that was part of our soundtrack, you know, mm-hmm. 
that it, it, that's such such great music and i gotta thank those guys for really turning me on to some of the more r&b type stuff because i was already into gangster rap yeah you know i was already into gangster rap i was you know rocking the nwa and all that <laughs> shit already but then they turned they hit me to to the stuff like that you know it's more r&b stuff yeah and i you know it, i still listen to it to, to this day you know it's great shit i still love hearing that stuff oh yeah you know and that you know and there was so that's what i say the 80s was was full of great music and the 90s to a, you know full of great music and a lot of it was like backed by just some just some great people that knew how to sing it yeah let's stick in that uh let's kind of get we'll go to a different genre but we'll stick in the same time mm-hmm. let's go to hair metal Okay. Who are, who are some of your favorite hair metal vocalists? Obviously, yes, Steven Tyler. Steve, I wouldn't call Steven the hair metal vocalist. Oh, they're yeah, they're later on. Ar- they Aeros, hair- Aerosmith is hair metal. Later well, on, well, hair rock. Later on, wanna. later, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I love Alice's voice. Um, I got to agree. Alice is gritty. Alice is Alice is dirty. Yeah. Alice just has a sleazy feel to him. Yes. You know, especially stuff like Feed My Frankenstein. Yeah. And oh, most of his, I mean, he has done some slow songs you off know of like trash and things. One like. of my favorite Cooper songs, mm. uh, Hell is Living Without You, mm-hmm. off of Trash. Okay. Yep. That's what I that's, think that's on Trash. It probably is. It's either on Trash or the one after it. Hey Stupid would be the way. I think it's on Trash, not Hey Stupid. Yeah, that's right. Hey Stupid was next. But oh God, Alice's stuff. I mean, you go back to the early stuff. You go back to Billion Dollar Babies and mm. School's Out and all that great classic shit. You know, that's Alice. That That's one era of Alice, mm-hmm. and it's all fantastic. And then he got clean and sober, and he had his resurgence, you know, with the Poison album. Yeah. And there's still that grit in Alice's voice. and still that element of sleaze in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But Alice was such a fucking great singer. It's such a great singer. Yeah. What's your favorite Alice song? Oh, geez. That is tough. That is, honest to God, probably a really tough question because I, there are so many of them that I actually really enjoy. I know mine. Uh, I, you know what? And you'll, you'll never guess which one. I was a big House of Fire fan. That's, I, I loved House of Fire. That's a fun song. You know, you know what? No, I know which one it is. Now that I'm thinking of it, yeah, Under My Wheels. Great song. I love Under My Wheels. Great song. <laughs> You'll never, in a hundred years, will you guess my favorite Alice Cooper song? Only Women Bleed. No. <laughs> love that song, though. Yeah. Um, it's actually a, a, a on one of his less uh, lesser successful albums. Right. The Quiet Room. Okay. Off of uh, From the Inside. Which is the record he wrote while he was in the mental institution getting sober. Mm. It, it's and it's it's a slow song. It's a ballad, and it's just very introspective mm. and beautiful. And like the main instrumentation is a piano. It starts out the California air, your nightgown on the stairs. I remember every night scenes from home in the quiet room. Mm. You know, it's shit like that. Um, and, but then the, when the chorus kicks in, it gets into that gritty Alice. They've got this place mm-hmm. where they've been keeping me, mm-hmm. where I can't hurt myself. I can't get my wrist to bleed. Mm. 
fucking amazing song. And it, it just hits me every time I hear it. And that's actually, it's my favorite Alice record, you know, and I love the old shit too. Yeah. But this one, this is like the turning point record for Alice. And it's a fantastic record. If you've never listened to it, go out and listen to From the Inside. Uh, I'm actually going to I'm gonna have to actually look for that record. Yeah. There's some really cool yeah, I don't shit think on there. I, yeah, I don't think I've heard anything off of that that I know of. Oh god. Well, I don't think there was any singles even off of that yeah. album. The ones that I had the ones that I have are like Billion Dollar Babies. Yeah. Um School's Out, of course. Well, I mean I have like all like a lot of earlier stuff. Yeah. But that one that you I don't have that one. Welcome to My Nightmare is a great album. It is. A great song too. Oh yeah. That one though. But you brought up Only Women Bleed. <laughs> I fucking love that song. Yeah. And that, and those are the Alice songs that See, I don't know if they were hits. Everybody seems to know them. Right. But I can't imagine something like that being on the radio. No. No. You, I can't either. Yeah. It's like, and, where, and where else would you listen to that music? No. I, I don't know. Yeah. Because I have. I don't think I've ever heard Only Women Bleed on the radio. And especially nowadays, you'll never hear that song on the radio. Oh, oh I heard it on Pandora. Yeah. It, it plays on Well, my, that's on Pandora. Yeah. But it, well, yeah. I don't listen. I'm talking commercial radio. True. Oh, oh my God. No, no. Never. Nope. Never. No. Nope. You, <laughs> yeah. Terrestrial radio does not even bother to play. <laughs> no, and anything but top forty. No yeah, matter pretty what much. It is. All right, uh, who's another one of your favorite hair band sing- hair metal singers? Brett Michaels. Yes, he. I mean, everything between he does that the the party music yeah. to the soulful music. Even his solo career. I mean, it's just he's just. He's a great vocalist, and he yeah. really can pour his emotion to that. As much as I don't like something to believe in, the the song, uh-huh. I understand it. That song, that you see, I was gonna say, if you want to pick, if you want to take three songs that mm-hmm. encompass what Brett Michaels can do, yes, that the party song, mm-hmm. you have something like, let's say, nothing but a good time. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have the soulful song, you have stand. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you have the one that just rips your fucking heart out. Yeah, it does. Something to believe in. It really does. And you know, it, it, I I know I talk about him so much mm-hmm. because uh, you know he was he was my best friend. You know, th- every time I hear that song, I I tear up because mm-hmm. it makes me think of Mark because of what the what the second verse yeah. in that song is about. Um, if you don't know, Brett's bodyguard was also his best friend and he took his own life you know mm-hmm. on, on christmas eve um yeah in uh, i forget what year it was but um you know and, and it just makes me think of it makes me think of mark mm-hmm. you know and but it's it's a beautiful song it that and his brett's vocals on that are just absolutely fucking gut-wrenching mm-hmm you know he's gr- he's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, and know? and he does it. He does it all one one side to the other. Well, yeah. You know, and if you ever need proof of that, if power the power to the people album, listen to uh, CC's vocals on "I Hit Every Bone in Your Body But Mine." Oh God! And compare that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A B A B. Okay, since I hate every bone in your body, but mine is kind of like a sex party type song. Yeah. A, B, that with unskinny bop. 
we did, did we anybody ever find out what that actually means? No, and I don't care. It's just a fun song. <laughs> yeah, their fun songs are fun. How That's, about CJ Snare from Firehouse? I only know a few of the the singles from Firehouse. Same here, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, that's the sad part about a lot of the hair metal bands. I mean, I if I don't see if I don't know the name, you know, I mean, if you think about ones that are like and, and maybe not necessarily good, but you recognize them. Yeah. Jesse James Dupree. Recognizable. Yeah. Uh, the singer Dangerous Toys. Recognizable. Mark Turin from uh, uh, the Bullet Boys. Yeah. Recognizable. Yeah. But I don't know if you know the guy from Firehouse if he was singing in another band. Yeah, you got a point there. You know, like like Steve Perry. Yeah. Steve Perry, you know, from Journey, and you know that voice. Yeah. So when he sings Sherry on his solo album. You know that's the dude from Journey. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like there are some, and I think there's a lot of singers that that's a good mark. And I know you're not going to like this one, but David Lee Roth is a very recognizable vocalist. Yeah, he is. I'm not going to I'm not going to argue that. I know. And actually, I'll actually give David Lee Roth some props. I loved a lot of his solo shit. I loved a lot of his solo stuff. Eat him and smile is fucking great. Skyscraper is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I I, like, I love the whole Skyscraper album. You know, I'm not anti-DLR. <laughs> okay. I'm not even anti DLR era of Van Halen. <laughs> it's just Sammy's a better singer. Sammy's a better songwriter. And Van Halen matured with Sammy. You know, you know, David David Lee Roth actually said it best uh, when they were doing that to, that co headlining tour. When him and Sammy were doing that co headlining yeah. tour for like thirty seconds <laughs> before the fucking egos got in the way. David said it best. He said, Sammy brings the party, but I am the party. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. I, I, from a pure frontman standpoint, I would have to probably give the nod to DLR. Okay? He always, he always reminded me. I tell you what, and, and, Dave, and, I love, and I love David Lee Roth. His, one, his um, uh, Little Late Enough album yes. was the first album I ever bought on CD. That, that was the first I mean, one without. That was the first one without uh, Steve yeah, Vai on guitar. But that was the first album I bought on CD. That's how like I remember like that when I was picking out like oh I, I finally got a CD player. You know that was the first album I bought. Really, I was late to the party. My because fir- everything was on cassette. Yeah, oh well, say I see yeah. here. The first the first album I bought on CD was act- was uh, and Justice for All. Wow, I had that a cassette. Yeah, I bought that. That was the first album I bought wow. on CD. So you had you had a CD player before I did, but it, I mean, David Lee Roth, his personality is the cool substitute teacher, kind of. Yeah, you know, he like walks, in, hey everybody, yeah, now we're not taking a test today. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna learn. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's, yeah, you're kind of right. That, 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 that he has it all the time. And it's like, you want, yes, I want him here all the time. But you know what? You're not going to learn shit. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, fuck. Here's another one from that same era. And another instantly recognizable voice. 
and one of those guys that has uh, uh you know uh, a sound that would set off car alarms mark slaughter oh yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> i mean even back to his stuff with the vinnie vincent invasion oh yeah high-pitched voice yeah fly to the angels mm-hmm. great song yeah i have i well the the whole the first two uh, yeah. albums of slaughter um were just amazing yeah and also they, they had a lot of high-pitched stuff and and you could just hear and i think and everybody, well, that was just like, everyone loved that. That's what people wanted to hear at the time. Yeah. You know? And I don't think, there, there wasn't a a lot of high-pitched hair metal stuff, as I recall. Not that high. No. I mean, I mean the dude from Dangerous Toys got up. Yeah. I mean, all a lot of the high, high-pitched stuff was like reserved for metal. Yeah, that was more like the, the, the Iron Maiden type shit. Iron Maiden, King Diamond, Judas Priest. Yeah. Yeah. But, those were the high-pitched guys. And, uh, you know, Mark Starr says, hold my martini. <laughs> right. Because you know he wasn't drinking beers. Yeah. He was, hold my martini. You're right. Um, here's another one. And I, I, I don't care what anybody says. I love his voice. Tom Kiefer of Cinderella. Oh, absolutely love his voice. I love Cinderella. That w- that dude has an instantly recognizable voice. Yeah, and it's another one that, that, that gritty. Yeah. It's almost like Southern it's almost Southern rock. Yeah. Almost. And, 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 you know, and here they are a bunch of guys from like South, South uh, Jersey and Philly area. Yeah. You know, and the same thing with, uh, with, uh, Brittany Fox. Mm-hmm. Oh were, my God, Brittany Fox, you know, and their singer, I can't remember his name, but you know, he tried to do the Tom Kiefer thing too, mm-hmm. but he didn't do it as well as Tom. Oh no, no. Yeah. Tom, Tom Kiefer. I mean, they just. Got in there and did all their things and oh wonderful wonderful stuff that Cinderella did. Yeah, great stuff. Um, you know, Heartbreak Station, mm-hmm. uh, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone, Night Songs, uh, Shake Me. Um no, I'm thinking, uh, Shelter Me. Uh, Gimme Shelter. Gimme Shelter, yes. Yep. Love that love that song. Everybody needs a little place that they a little place they can hide somewhere that they can go and don't let no one else inside. Yeah, bringing it back to the Vol holidays. We used to do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Uh, what about what's your thoughts on John Bon Jovi? Okay. Oh boy, I I liked I like John Bon Jovi's songs. Yes, which irritates me. Yeah. Now the man only has a handful. I can't listen to a a full Bon Jovi song. And the problem is the radio stations, they only play the handful. Right. You know, I'm so sick of hearing um, the the one about the, the two kids and all that. And, Living on a prayer. Yes. You know, but the ones you don't hear, you don't hear Blaze of Glory. Well, that's not a Bon Jovi song. It's a John Bon Jovi song. But you don't, but you still right. don't. You don't you, hear it. You don't hear. And you don't even hear... Um, the one that inspired it uh, on a dead or alive wanted dead or alive. Well, blaze of glory was written for the young guns for the movie. Yeah. The because they wanted something that sounded like dead or alive. Right. But because of the steel horse lyric, yeah. they decide, well, they we can't use that. Yeah. So, so, so John Bon Jovi ended up writing the entire fucking yeah. soundtrack, you know, but there's only a few Bon Jovi songs that they play. Most of them are for slippery one wet. Yep. And they just forget the rest of the catalog. And that's what kind of irritates me because it's like, that's the only ones I hear. Yeah. See, I can go, I can, 
this is going to take a minute <laughs> because I have a lot of thoughts on John Bon Jovi. First off, I love John Bon Jovi's voice. I think he's a, fin- a fantastically talented singer. Okay, especially if you go a little deeper than the shit that they play mm-hmm. on every fucking classic rock radio station. If you go to songs like Bed of Roses, mm-hmm. beautiful song. Um, that's, that's just a, a fucking amazing song. And it's about life on the road. You know, it's about life on the road. Uh, tonight, I won't be alone, but you know that don't mean I won't. I'm not lonely. I got nothing to prove for each you that I died to defend. Mm-hmm. And great song. Um, it's a, uh, an amazing fucking song. And then you go even to the deeper cuts off of the earlier stuff. It's all really good. And then you get to like Blaze of Glory you mm-hmm. brought up. If you dig deeper than the song Blaze of Glory to songs like uh, Santa Fe, Blood Money, they're awesome songs. You know, and it's all inspired by, mm-hmm. you know, the Lincoln County Regulators and Billy yeah. the Kid and all that shit. It's a fucking amazing record. I love that record. Now, my dig with Bon Jovi, <laughs> okay? My dig with John Bon Jovi is I kind of have to take, not take issue, but I kind of got to wonder when your main backup vocalist is a better singer than the lead singer of the band. Who was his backup? Sambora? Richie Sambora. I didn't know he was a backup. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like all them high parts? Yeah. That's fucking Richie. Okay, yeah, I got you. That's Richie. And Richie has such a powerful voice. I'll be there for you. That's the one I can't stand either. (laughs) But, okay, but there's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I know. And that's the one when you start talking about the high-pitched things. I remember those high-pitched parts in these songs. Well, like they... they, uh, when they would play "Living on a Prayer" live, mm-hmm. uh, you know John would do the "Oh, we're halfway there," mm-hmm. and the next line that "Whoa, mm-hmm. living on a prayer," up in the fucking way yeah. high register. That was always Richie live, mm-hmm. you know, because John can't hit that anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, and even back in the '90s, John couldn't hit that, so they rewrote "Living on a Prayer" and made it kind of a slower song. All right. But if you listen to uh, if you listen to like the song Bed of Roses, listen to the high harmonies in that. And Richie Sambora's voice just takes over. Mm, okay. Anytime he's singing. But then you go to Richie's solo stuff. Uh like The Stranger in This Town album. There's a song on there called The Answer. And Richie, when he stepped out and did his solo stuff, it you sh- you saw what Richie could do as a guitar player. Mm-hmm. The guy's a fucking killer guitar player. Very underrated, because I mean he was playing in a hair metal band. Okay, so a lot of times you serve you know you serve the song, and a lot of times what he could do didn't fit what Bon Jovi was writing. Right, but his voice. There's a song called "The Answer." Oh my fuck! That's all I can say. Mm. It's just a, a killer song, killer vocal, killer guitar. And it's just some, some, some like strings and Richie on an acoustic guitar and Richie singing. Love that fucking song. Check it out sometime. Yeah. Who else you got from the hair metal, the hair metal world? Well, or, I was thinking Sebastian Bach. Oh, God. Bass. <laughs> Be- horrible person. Great singer. 
Yeah, he's the younger ver- he's the younger David Lee Roth. No, I think Baz is a bigger dick than David. No, but I mean the younger version of him though. It's the because David's older, you see. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, but you, I, I, I took it as you saying David was a I dick. Mean, they had that. I think that uh, when they were making the super group. Yeah, it was an MTV show. Some yeah, sort, and he comes in, and my God, he he. I mean, it's a reality show, and he's eating the scenery. My God, he's just he's all over the place. I wonder how much extra they had to pay pay Ted Nugent and Evan Seinfeld to not fucking kill him. Yeah, when he was he told every member of that band what they should be doing. Yeah, exactly. You're telling drummers how they should be drumming. Wait, who was the drummer for that? I thought was it Chad Smith or wasn't it? Or I think it was Jason Bonham. It might have been. I know there was. I know there was two versions of it, and one didn't go over well. I might be thinking of Chad Smith because of uh, Chicken Foot. You might be, yeah. Like, because I, I think, I think what ended up becoming they called it democracy was what they ended up <laughs> calling it. It was Sebastian Bach, Ted Nugent, Scotty Ian, and Evan Seinfeld from Biohazard mm. on bass, and I want to say it was Jason Bonham on drums. Yeah, but you're honestly going to step into any situation. <laughs> With those four guys and tell them what the fuck they're gonna play. Yeah, and he was—I mean, he was all over the place. And I'm, I'm sure that they just wanted this. It was a great show, though. Even though it's like—I mean, it's proof positive that you cannot put five great musicians together and have a hit. Uh, you can. It, well, no, I mean, supergroups do exist. Yeah. But forcing it—that yeah, that was forced. Yeah, like Damn Yankees wasn't really forced. No. Those guys got together. Everybody, you got Sticks in there. You got Ted Nugent. Everybody kind of... Night, Night Ranger. Ranger. Yeah, everybody came together and it worked. You know, the only guy from... The only guy... Oh, shit. There's a, two more vocalists <laughs> that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Jack Blades and Tommy Shaw. Yeah. I mean, Jack Blades' work with Night Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he did... He's a, he's a killer vocalist. Underrated bass player, too. Jack Blades is a hell of a bass player. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the realm of sticks. And you don't even have to talk about Dennis DeYoung, who was a great singer in his own right. Yeah. But you got Tommy Shaw. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What a fucking voice. And, like, the stuff that they did with Damn Yankees, that those two guys did with Damn Yankees, those two-part harmonies... Are that shit that the Eagles would have loved? Yeah, and almost when you add Ted's guitar into it, it almost turns into three parts. Yeah, high enough. Holy shit! It's yes. like three people singing yeah. with that guitar. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Uncle Ted. You know, Uncle Ted, for as bombastic of an asshole as he <laughs> really is, um, and this is coming from a Republican. Um, <laughs> From as bombastic of an asshole as Ted is, the dude can play, and he's actually a pretty good singer. Mm. And like he, it showed, he showed it with Damn Yankees. He served the song. Yeah, he served the song. He didn't go off and do like some crazy shit. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. His solos in Damn Yankees yeah. were fucking ripping, but it wasn't over the top. Yeah, and it fit the hair metal mold. Oh yeah. It was it was perfect for that time. Yeah, there's some. Oh my God, there are so many vocalists out there that just. I mean, it's almost like you have to say honorable mentions the ones that we because I know people are just going to be like at the end of this, there's going to be a like a mile long list of people that we just can't mention. Cause, We're getting message from Jim. I'll guarantee it. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I'll, I'll guarantee we're going to get messages from Jim on this. Um, just start naming some off. So just Bruce Springsteen. Bruce. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up King Diamond. Oh, yeah. Go back to any of his solo shit, any of his Merciful Fates shit. I, and there, I know a lot of people who don't like King Diamond's voice. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because of that, of that crazy high falsetto. Yeah. You know, uh, but me personally, I love King Diamond's voice. I love King Diamond. I think that guy, I think Kim Bendix is a fucking amazing singer. Yeah, I love listening. I love listening to the, the song. I find out those albums, though, you have to almost listen to them start to finish. Especially st- yeah. his concept album. Because, yeah, because you have to, you know, the, the, he keeps the mood going. Right. Them. Mm-hmm. Uh, them, you, you can't jump in at, uh, at like, the Invisible Guests. Yeah. You have to start at Out From The Asylum. Yes. And listen all the fucking way through. Um, the Eye. You have to start mm-hmm. at the beginning and go all the way through. Conspiracy. All of it. You know, King D's solo stuff, you do got to go all the way through. Oh, yeah. Not so much with Merciful Fate. Merciful Fate didn't do a whole lot of concept stuff. No. Um, but Merciful Fate stuff. Go back and listen to uh, Curse of the Pharaohs. Oh, I love that song. Uh, Curse of the Pharaohs is so great. Egypt, The Bell Witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell else was there? Melissa. Yes. Um, oh, fuck. No, Melissa's King Diamond. That wasn't... I thought that was... Were you thinking Abigail? Abig- uh, no, Abigail was King Diamond. Yeah. Melissa was Merciful Fate. Yes. Um, listen to Melissa. Oh, God, there's so much good stuff. From Merciful Fate and King Diamond's voice, that's another one that's instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. Nobody sounds like King Diamond. No. Oh man, there's you got an earwig in there. What? <laughs> I got a bit of an itchy lago. Oh yeah, it's like and no matter how much you talk about this, it's like no scratching the surface. No, it's like it's just so many, and the, that the vocalist is almost like like not a lot of people just listen to instrumentals. No. You know, so, you know, I know I'm, there's going to be so many we missed. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we didn't miss them. We just, yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't do a 12-hour show. Well, no, we could. We could. <laughs> we could. We, we really, really could, but we're not going to do a 12-hour yeah, we just, show. We do it alphabetically. Hour four, we're on B. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chuck Billy from Testament. Yeah, yeah. Good, good singer and maintained, maintained all through the years, too. Oh, yeah. To this day. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chuck Billy still can throw down over the wall like it was freaking 1990. Yeah. Are you lumping him in with hair metal? No. (laughs) No, I'm just saying Testament was out in that time. Yeah. But go back. uh, Dude, listen to like, uh, and I know I don't have to tell you to listen to this because you have. Listen to the song, Practice What You Preach. Mm -hmm. And then listen to the ballad. And you can see the range that Chuck Billy has. Oh, yeah. Or Return to Serenity and Over the Wall. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy could throw down. That And he still does, man. Um, they're coming around in, I think, March. Yes. Um, I think they're with Megadeth again, right? No. Aren't they? No. It was in- it's the, ba- it's the uh, Return to the Bay Area tour. Oh, okay. Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel. Yes. I, now I'm thinking. I'm thinking because Megadeth was on half the times I saw those guys. Yeah, but we got. I. I mean, 
Chuck Billy is just he's one of my favorite thrash metal singers of all time. Chuck Billy, because it wasn't all just you know scream and growl with Chuck Billy, <laughs> you know he could act, he could actually sing, you know, and I love Exodus, I fucking love Exodus, but Zetro can't sing. <laughs> Zetro screams. Well, yeah, that was just a, the thing with Tess. Um, uh, Ells, Ellsworth from uh, uh, was that Blitz? Bobby Ellsworth, yeah, yeah he. There's not much singing on Overkill record. No, you but, know? Uh, but, but, but <laughs> Blitz is another guy whose voice you can under you can uh, identify immediately. Oh yeah, you hear that voice. Oh shit, this is Overkill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you yep. know. What about uh, since we're we're still since we're sticking with we're we're on thrash metal now? What are your thoughts on Mustaine's vocals? Oh, Mustaine's yeah, it's. Um, He's he's a good vocalist. I mean, you know, he was, I mean, he was, uh, he was so good at it. I mean, he had to replace the entire, you know, entire band of Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A- he kicked everybody out of, out of Megadeth and yeah, you know, <laughs> no, but yeah, he's, he, you know, he just, he has such a guttural, angry voice. Yeah. Guttural, angry and nasally. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and it and it works. It works for Megadeth. For, I mean, Megadeth music is not happy. No, it's it's and Dave Mustaine has he is the original resting bitch face. He really is. Yeah, he he doesn't. I mean, I've seen him smile. I, well, it, what it considers a smile. It's more it, of a sneer. Yeah, it's a sneer, and usually all the teeth are showing, and there would be a beer in his hand. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if it was such of a smile or it was like, you know, just, just look, I'm smiling. Shut up. Take the picture. Yeah, <laughs> it's a slightly less angry yeah. look. Uh, yeah, Mustaine's voice, uh, another one that's instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. You know a Megadeth song when you hear when you hear Nasal Dave. Yeah. Um, and his ballads are not sweet. No. They <laughs> no. Even even the ballads are angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go back all the way back to So Far So Good So What and listen to In My Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. Which isn't necessarily a ballad, it's just like a mid tempo yeah. type of thing. But that song is angry. Mm-hmm. A Toot Lamond is might be not so angry. Good though. Great song. Yeah. And that actually shows off his is uh, for lack of a better term, the softer range. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful sounding song. Yeah, a Tu Lamond is a that's a fucking amazing song. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even think about that one, but that is that is probably Dave at his most introspective, mm-hmm. and that's a you know, uh, it, that that it's just such a beautiful song. Yeah, and and um, from what I heard, MTV like stopped playing it. Because they just, and it's amazing. I was actually looking up some Megadeth stuff, and I I still find it hard to believe that he was only four albums in Rust in Peace. Yeah. And it's like, and it was like such one thing, good thing after another. Right. I mean, but, you know, let's not gloss over the first four or the first three. Yeah. Oh, I would never. But. The band was in a state of flux that whole time. Yeah, but it just seems like Rust in Peace was like... That's where they hit their stride. Yeah, and it was like these guys... And it was like, have these guys been around like forever? No, four albums. Right. You know? 
It's like they haven't, they have not had that many albums out. Five, if you want to count Kill 'Em All. Yeah, I ain't gonna count Kill 'Em All as a Megadeth album. <laughs> I, I will. Just, no, I will. I saw a thi- I saw this thing on TikTok. Um, uh, music. <laughs> what's your musical hot take? Uh, oh my god! You're gonna love this. Yeah. Megadeth or Metallica hasn't released a good album since the Black Album because that's when they ran out of ideas Dave Mustaine left behind. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's great. I loved it. Oh god. oh god, I love, but I, 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 I'm a, I'm a big fan of Megadeth. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dave Mustaine. Uh, he's a dick, but he's our dick. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's well, you know, it's he came from, he got, you know, he just came from angry and kept it going. I'd have been angry too, and I and we said before on our our debut albums. I mean, it's like all these guys, all these bands had forever to write their first album, and so did he. It was called Kill 'Em All, right? But he wasn't allowed to be on that one, so he had to go back to the drawing board, and I get another album and just start from scratch, and still made it. Yeah, and and that's a really that's really a fucking anomaly in the music world. Yeah, you know. He's booted out of what is to become the biggest heavy band in history. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's booted out of them while they're recording their debut album, which he wrote. Yeah. Or, or, or co-wrote. Yeah, he has tons of credits on that. Uh, and the fucking real kick in the balls is they didn't even put him on a plane. Mm-hmm. No, you're on a Greyhound bus from New York to San Francisco. How? Yeah. Enjoy your three days journey to stew on what just happened to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah. But that isn't the story that on that bus he saw the paper that had the word Megadeth in it. Uh, that's the. That, I mean, that's the urban legend. Yeah, that's so, the urban legend. The you know the vali- the validity of it, I don't know. But you know, I mean, if he took if he took the plane, you know, him, him you know, the band might have been called Sharper Image or something. Oh, <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, why? Just why? Because that's the literature they put on the plane. Uh, it's like you're flying. It's like, oh, no, Sky Mall. Oh, my God, Sky Mall. Sky Mall. Sky Mall is awesome. It's like, my God, yes, I need a, a, a statue of a Doberman. I need it now. Yes. But I'm on the plane. <laughs> Dear God. Why? Just why? <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on from this, shall we? Um, who else you got? Who else is one of your favorite singers? Oh well, recently it's the singer of Volbeat. Yes, I I absolutely love, and I just uh, heard his new album, the new album that the, came out. The new Volbeat album's out. Oh, I mean, I haven't I haven't gone so far into it because it's like I try to. I'm listening. I listen to like. I listened to the first two tracks on it. Yeah. Not the first two singles, mind you. The first two tracks on it. Amazing. Uh, I, I'm so Abs- stoked for this abso- show. It's absolutely amazing. I'm so stoked for this show. Yes. Uh, Michael Paulson. Who's that? That's the singer from Volbeat. Oh, that's his name. Yes. <laughs> See, I don't even know his name. That's the worst part. Yeah. Michael Paulson. Yeah. And I, I mean, I said this before. Uh, Georgia Satellites did, did the song Keep Your Hands to Yourself. Yes. And then on their B-side was a song called Battleship Chains. Yes. I wish they would have made that song the A-side because I cannot stand... I don't like Keep Your Hands to Yourself. Right. I don't like the song. Um, 
Volbeat did a cover of that. Okay. And dear God, it's the most... I love the cover of Battleship Chains. I'll have to check that out. And I hope... I hope to God they play it. I want to hear it live. Um, uh, shit. What was... They did another cover of Only Want to Be With You yep. by the Bay City yes. Rollers. Yep. That is a fucking cool cover. Yeah. And they... Oh, they are just... I love their music. I mean, when I listen... And, and I'm thinking back, we do these deep dives and we listen to albums and it's like... And with someone like Ozzy, I listen to the albums. Oh, God. It's just, it just doesn't sound right. I don't like this. You know, and I sometimes attribute it. Maybe it's too new. Right. And then I, I just started listening to Volbeat's new one. First song in. This is freaking awesome. Second song in. I love this. Yeah. Uh, you but, know, it's like Volbeat has Volbeat doesn't really try to step out of their box, though. No. Volbeat knows what they do and mm-hmm. they do it fucking well. Oh, you know, they do it exceedingly well. Uh, it's and they're a really strange band. They're a mix of like psychobilly. Yes. Punk rock, surf rock, mm-hmm. and, you know, and 50s era rock and roll. Oh, rockabilly's in there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. well, there's a psychobilly yeah. element. I mean, you, I, like, listen to a song like $16, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite Volbeat songs. That's a fucking killer song. Uh, that's a killer song. And those guys, they're the one Gothenburg band that wasn't burning down churches. Yeah. You know, um, you know, because they're they're from Gothenburg, Sweden. And you think you hear Gothenburg, Sweden. And me personally, <laughs> I think Scandinavian black metal. Oh, yeah. Yes. But to think that they also gave us Volbeat. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite song of theirs is um, Seal the Deal. Seal the Deal is a great song. It's, it's fun because it has that aesthetic to it where... You're thinking of the um, the old-timey bare-knuckle brawlers. Yep. Um, you know, that have the handlebar mustaches and, and and the pugilist with that classic pose. Yep. And I think that's the song that they're playing. Right. That's awesome. Well, and then on that same vein, you have uh, a Warrior's Call. Yes. Oh. Warrior's Call, great song. And then you got some other stuff by them, Heaven or Hell. Mm-hmm. That's just a fun song. That, that, yes. That That's a good driving song. Oh, yeah. Um, fallen. Um, the uh oh the the Rosa one. Oh God, I'm blanking on the name of this song. Uh, the song's about meeting a woman who kind of takes you for granted, who takes you for everything, okay, and then moves on. Ah, oh, fuck! I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I can't think of it. Oh, I thought it was Rosa something. Lola Montez. Lola Montez. That's it. Not Rosa. Nothing. Yeah, Lola Montez. <laughs> Good tune. Yeah. I, I, dude, I'm excited for the Volbeat show. Oh. Volbeat and Ghost. That's going to be yes. badass. And I got, and now the uh, premiere of Papa Emeritus the Fourth. Oh, okay. Yep. Cardinal Copia is no more. Cardinal Copia is gone, huh? Yep. He he has been transformed into um, Papa, Papa the Fourth. Papa Emeritus the And fourth. what happened is uh, Papa uh, Nilha, Nilha, oh God, I'm screwing up the names. The first Papa, Papa Zero. Yeah. Uh, he died on stage. The nuns came out, surrounded the cardinal, uh-huh. and Papa the Fourth. Nice was premiered last year. Nice. So yes, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that show. Ghost and Volbeat, and then there's another band opening. I can't remember what they're called. The, but the, the, the opening band. The opening but, band. I, but I'm sure if those two are on board with it, it's not going to be something like Nonpoint. So right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say no more. You. You were with. I don't think you were at that. Were you at that show at Nonpoint? 
No. Okay. Yeah, we we um I was always one to I want to see the opening act. Uh-huh. You know? And everybody I was going with was No, it's non-point. I was like, "So? I want to I I want always want to see the opening act." We get to the place and I hear him playing. It's like, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> okay. They have one decent song. Yeah. Bullet with a name. Yeah, I just I I just now I just read in my head I put non-point to oh that was just I didn't need to see that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about Rob Halford all right Halford has I mean that that dude's seventy years old Judas Priest has wow. been going since nineteen seventy four <laughs> Rockarola was released in seventy four mm-hmm. Halford. Is uh, if he's not seventy, he's pushing seventy. Yeah, and he still hits those notes in "Victim of Changes." Mm. Cannot cannot imagine that. Me neither. It, 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 there's there's one other guy I can think of that is still doing the shit he did in the early seventies today, and that's Ian Gillen of okay. Deep, of Deep Purple. The difference between the two, Ian Gillen was a classically operatically trained singer. Yeah. Halford, as far as I know, wasn't. Mm. Halford's just an air raid siren. For some, Well, no, he still does some really good. No, that's what I'm saying. He's, yeah. He, he, that, that vocal yeah, okay. register. I thought. It's not a bad thing. No. It's not a bad thing. I will never say a bad thing about Rob Halford's vocals. Mm-mm. I will not. Because Halford is just fucking amazing. Um, but Halford, go back to Rockarola all the way up to now. Mm-hmm. The guy just the guy's got an unmistakable voice. Even his solo stuff and the stuff he did with Fight, yeah, is unmistakable. You know Rob Halford when you hear him. Oh yeah, his his Christmas album is actually one I don't mind playing. <laughs> to to hear Rob Halford belt out "Oh Resty Merry Gentlemen" is is simply amazing. <laughs> Yeah, winter songs. It's even if and I'm not I'm not much I don't like really a lot of Christmas stuff cuz the fucking parum pump pump fuck drummer boy shit <laughs> piss fucking ah but that <laughs> but Halford stuff I like. Yeah. And I do try to sneak it in the playlist at my house every go. year. What Lisa makes you listen to Christmas music? Oh, you have no idea what my house is like around the holidays. First off, the Hallmark Channel is on almost twenty four seven. They, okay. Side note: Hallmark, you make too many movies, too many, and they're all the same. Yeah, and and uh, I know, and I'm not even gonna. And of course, I I I want to say used to be a dick, but I still do it. When I sit there and say she's gonna fall in love with him, isn't she? Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's like yeah, but uh, and then the the music is constantly playing. Val is into it as well. Um, so like Val, Val was playing Christmas music back in uh, around Thanksgiving. Oh dear God! And it's like Val has her own tree in her room, her own ornaments. Yeah, she is big into Christmas too. We just went to see the lights up at the um, West End Fair. Yeah, and of course the first song I hear is as they're blaring is the Drummer Boy. I hate that song. Hate it with a passion. <laughs> And uh, I said, I, I'm, I said, I'm not leaving until I hear uh, something by um, the Wizards of Winter. What the hell is a band that does it? TSO. TSO. I'm not leaving until I hear TSO. 
And sure enough, they played one of them. Not that, not the Wizards of Winter. They played a different one. But I said, okay, now we can leave. Christmas Eve, Sarajevo? No, I forget which one it was. But at least it was by, at least there was a bit of metal in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you got to put some metal in your Christmas. Oh, yeah. It's, but yeah, I'm not, oh, God. And yeah, there's some great musician, David Bowie, excellent musician, did a Christmas thing. Yeah. But I like his other stuff, not the Christmas thing. Well, the Christmas thing he did that I remember was the Little Drummer Boy yeah. with Bing Crosby. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just... Here's here's a vocalist for you, and this is in a little different vein, but he's one of my absolute one of my one of my favorite singers. Um, Tie me down. I love Tammy. <laughs> yeah, I love Tammy. <laughs> I love Tammy. Yeah, uh, but that's not where I was going. All right, it's... Glenn Danzig. Oh, Glenn Glenn Danzig is in that vein with Elvis. He, well, he's the evil Elvis. Yeah, I mean, he is just, I mean, I remember sitting there listening to, to, to Byer just, you know, singing you know, a long way back from hell and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was the only other dude who knew the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and of course I went out and said, oh, that's, that's a good album. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, I geeked. I, <laughs> I, that, was, that was a day one purchase for me. That was a, that was a, a day one purchase for me was Lucifuge. Yeah. Because I saw the video. Uh, oh, if we got a video, <laughs> I, I saw the video for um, for Twist of Cain. Mm-hmm. I went out, I bought the first Danzig album. And then I realized, hey, shit, this is the dude from the Misfits. <laughs> um, you know, and then I I uh, the new Danzig record comes out on such and such a date. I was at. I was at Soundcheck Records in the Carbon Plaza Mall the day Lucifuge came out, and I bought it. Um, and that's that's a fucking killer album. Did that have her black wings on it? Yes. Okay, because that is my that is my favorite. There's a lot of favorite Danzig songs I have, but her black wings, I absolutely love that song. Yeah. Um. Well, shit. Well, that album starts with Long Way Back from Hell, then mm-hmm. goes to Snakes of Christ. <laughs> what the hell else is on there? Uh, Her Black Wings, 777, Devil's Play Thing. Oh, that's just a killer album. That's another. Yeah, it is. That is. And I like, well. Blood and Tears. Yep. Oh, Blood and Tears. That one has that soulfulness in it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's Glenn, you know, that's that's Glenn doing the his evil Elvis. Yeah, now three three uh, How the Gods Kill, another good album. Yeah. You know, Dirty Black Summers on that one, How the Gods Kill. Four, he started doing weird shit with the vocals. Yeah, and that was the first album without John Christ on guitar. Yeah. And when, and Can't Speak was on that one. Yep. And it was just really weird. Yeah. Four four was where he started kind of descending, you know, into a little, it got Glenn got started getting weirder. Yeah, and then Black Acid Devil came out. Um, Red Red Death Sab- Sabbath. It's it's a weird name. Yeah, but but his later albums still good, but he started really venturing off. Yeah, very different. Yeah, a very different vein. Um, but I I mean Glenn Glenn Danzig has one of those instantly recognizable voices. Yeah, all the way through his career from the Misfits. Oh yeah, to Sawin. To Danzig, you know it's Glenn Danzig singing, mm-hmm. and you know that's that. And he's, I don't know if he still has it. His like voice, he did. Well, his latest album is, you know, I th- I know that they still do stuff with Sam Hain every so often because you see videos for like uh, 
and I'm still calling it Sam Hain. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't get away from that. <laughs> Whatever. But it's like all murder, all guts, all blood. They they do they like do a little small reunion and do that song. Yeah. Well, he did. They did a re, they did some reunion shows with the Misfits, mm-hmm. and they uh, they sold out the Garden. Yeah. They sold out MSG. You know, a band that hadn't played together in thirty fucking thirty five fucking years. You know, and a punk band of all things. Yeah. Well, I think well, a lot of people. If if you didn't and he, nobody grew up on the Misfits, which is funny, they didn't have that many albums that you could grow up on. No, and it was like passed down music. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, <laughs> they, the, uh, you had Walk Among Us, mm-hmm. then you had Earth AD, mm-hmm. and then you had the compilations because they were done. So brutality. Uh, I forgot legacy, legacy of brutality. brutality. I forgot legacy of br- brutality. Um, I think actually that came before Earth AD. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, you had like essentially three studio albums. Yeah. And then you had the compilation records. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you know, eight years after they broke up, Static Age finally fucking sees the light of day. Yeah. Which was supposed to be the debut. And that's a lifetime. Yeah. In, in music. Oh, it was a lifetime in music. You know, now it's like. Now it's two lifetimes. Well, no, now it's almost like, I mean, we see it's like, hey, when was the last time they put an album out? Oh, 2010. Really? I remember that coming out. (laughs) It seems like time goes faster for me now. (laughs) See, I took that in a whole different direction. I took it as eight years is two fucking lifetimes for a band. Or the lifetime of two bands. Yeah, yeah, I understand where you're coming from there, too. But, I mean, in doing some of these things, you look at, like, the release dates. Yeah. And it's like you start noticing, well, with like Kiss and Ozzy, it's like they were doing one or two a year at some points. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one every three years, one every five five years. And then you get up to like the last Ozzy album was 2020 and 2010. Yeah. You had 10 years between albums. But I remember, you know, like when Black Rain came out. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 and maybe it's my perception, but I cannot imagine like, I can't imagine like, hey, we released Kill 'em All. And then 10 years later, here's Ride the Lightning. Yeah. The relevance is gone. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, so it's like these guys, I mean, so eight years in between an album at that time of life, I can't believe they even had relevance anymore. Yeah. I I, I, you're, I see exactly where you're yeah. coming from. And I got to agree. But with bands you. like them and the Sex Pistols, you know, nobody grew up with the Sex Pistols. No, because it was one record. <laughs> one, you grew up with punk rock. Yeah. You might have grown up with punk rock, yeah. but you didn't grow up with the Sex on the Sex Pistols. Yeah, it's like, you know, which is why my Sex Pistols cover band never made it. Right. I mean, you got a really, really short catalog. Yeah. <laughs> play, the whole, play the whole record. Okay, we're done. Hey, he didn't do bodies. Is there an encore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. it's, uh, yeah, those are... That's just, it's weird to think that. It's like these bands that nobody grew up on, but yet if they got together, they sell out. Yeah. Here's one for you. And he's he's one of my favorite vocalists in like the newer metal era. And he's another one. Evo, Evo but this was Evil Disco. Wayne Static of Static X. Oh, yes. I loved Wayne Stack. Wow, I, it's been a while since I, since I heard of stuff from him. Yeah, well, um, I mean, Static X is out touring again, obviously without Wayne. Well, yeah, I'm just, 
No, but they have a guy. They have a guy. He call. He goes as zero X E R O. Okay. Spoiler alert. It's Edsel Dope. I don't know who that is. The singer of Dope. Oh, wait. He his last name was Dope. His stage name. It's yeah, it, it it's Edsel Dope with a mask on. That's just um, spoiler alert. Um, these people. It's, oh yeah, that's that's my last name, you know. It's, but yeah, they're touring. Um, they're touring like they just did a few years ago. I think pre pand actually pre pandemic, just before the pandemic, they toured to celebrate the twentieth anniversary of the release of Wisconsin Death Trip. Mm. Which is, you know, their first, which was their debut and has Push It and I'm With Stupid. Yeah. And, you know, a bunch of other great Static X songs. Now, this year, they're touring to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Machine. God, that's just so strange to hear things like that. And actually, speaking of Static X, um, Blood Clot will be adding <laughs> a Static X song to the repertoire. Ah. Cold. Okay. Be- uh, not a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It's very, very dark brooding song well with a band name like blood clot i doubt you guys are doing ballads no <laughs> no uh, but yeah uh we we decided to add cold to the set list great song i i mm-hmm. i love wayne static i thought you know the, the world lost a great talent when he passed away oh yeah um and under shitty circumstances too mm. you know uh, and i think i i want to say it was a year to the day a year or two to the day afterward, his wife took her own life. Uh, yeah. Um, but Wayne Static was, you know, that's another voice that's instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. You hear a Static X song, you know a Static X song. And I'll give Edsel dope credit because I've seen some video footage of those guys out there. And it's the original lineup from Wisconsin Death Trip mm-hmm. um, with that, you know, it, that are touring. But with Edsel on vocals, and he's pulling Wayne's shit off really well. That's good. And Edsel Dope's a good singer in his own right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I dig I dig Dope. They're a fucking great band live. That's a lot of fun to see live. Mm. You ever got a chance to see Dope live? Do it. I probably yeah. Well, at this at this point, I almost want to see almost anybody live. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I just can't get into the pit now. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. because I go I go with old people. Yeah. <laughs> Old and broken, pal. Old and broken. <laughs> Oof. Oh, oh, I saw that. I just... You would... <laughs> Let's put it this way, pal. You and Jim would be... Do you do you know how long it took me to find that post after I first saw it and couldn't stop laughing for two days <laughs> after I saw it? And then really, oh my God, I just remembered I have to post this for Jim and Eric, the two guys that got their asses kicked at shows I've been to. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when I get a fucking... A 300-pound dude dropped on my neck and shoulder in a Slayer show. You know, that happened to me, too. Yeah. And the security was dragging him over me like a piece of wet meat. You're also a foot taller than me. And I've also. Yeah. You know what that does to me when I'm near the pit? You know how many boots to the head I've gotten? And you also outweigh me by 100 pounds. I think it's probably more than 100 pounds. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 160. Yeah, it's more than 100 pounds. <laughs> you fat bastard. I'm trying. Look, I'm trying to eat more salads. I'm actually 160, I'm 165. 
But anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've I've taken multiple boots to the back of the head because, you know, I'm just a moving target in front of the pit. Yeah, well, I'm also and I also have physical like bad body parts. I know, I know. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So, hang on. I'll I'll un- I'll unpack the story a little bit. Bill's getting online to get us tickets for the Volbeat for the Volbeat and Ghost show in Hershey. And it's a three-way group chat between me, Bill, and Jim. And where do we want to, Bill says, where do we want to sit? And Jim says, I really don't care. I said, I don't want floor seats. I want a seat. So that's where we are. So now I'm I'm the old man. Yeah, well, I got, but I got him in the 100 level because I won't. And it's like right off of the stage. Yeah, I'm good with that. And I was saying that... Um, the seats like almost directly in front of us, like the people that are sitting in front of us uh-huh. uh, paid $300 more for their tickets than we did. Wow. I don't understand what the hell I you know. And I hope to tell them that, too. I want to see the people that spent $300 more than we spent. Yeah. To be literally one row, closer. one row closer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah. Um, oh, God. I'm trying to, uh, you know. Hang on, I got one for you. And he's my favorite front man mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. He is the most this he has the ability to command a crowd like no other front man I've ever seen in my life. Corey Taylor of Slipknot. Oh yeah. Of Slipknot. Yes. And a and an amazing singer too. Oh yeah. You know, in both in both his bands. Yes. For, for the you know the stone sour stuff and the slipknot stuff and he can shift back and forth so well but Corey taylor that dude is the epitome of a front man oh yeah you know i've seen him command crowds like no one else i've ever seen the only guy i've ever seen come close to that is lemmy mm-hmm. and lemmy you know and lemmy you know in later years actually filled it a lot of the talking on stage <laughs> Because, like, when I saw them at, when I saw Motorhead at Montage on the Mayhem Festival, Motorhead plays, like, two songs, right? And then uh, Phil goes up to his mic, he says, this might be a stupid question, but do you want us to play louder? (laughs) And with that, Lemmy goes back to Murder One and turns up. And Phil goes back to his amp and turns up. I, we were, you know... Have you ever been to Montage? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know where the sound desk is, yes. right? I was directly behind the sound desk. Mm-hmm. So you know the distance I am from the yeah. stage. Now, they were louder at that point, <laughs> at that distance, than Anthrax was on the second stage standing in front of Scottian. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> Randy was sitting next to me. I had to scream in Randy's ear for him to hear me during Motorhead. But it was fucking Motorhead. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you know, Lemmy's go to, we're Motorhead and we play rock and roll. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, but Lem, Lem may not have been the greatest technical singer in the world. No, definitely. Couldn't pull off the ballad so well. Oh, I don't I, know. I ain't I, no nice guy is, uh. It, it it's still Lemmy. Yes, it's still Lemmy. It's, yes, that's a good thing and a bad thing. You know, I mean, nobody's ever gonna mistake 
Lemmy for Jeff Tate of Queens. No, but it's fucking Lemmy. You know, Lemmy Lemmy is another one of those vocalists who's instantly recognizable Mm -hmm. and just such an icon, such an icon. I, 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 in my eyes, Lemmy can do no wrong. No, no. And it's, he's, uh, was very well respected in, in, uh, in the community as well. Yeah. And even beyond the, the rock and roll community, beyond the music community. Um, you know, I mean, there's, uh, the, the, the WWE family loved him. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause well, he wrote three songs for triple H, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm going to name two vocalists that both of them. Both ends of the spectrum. I uh, love their bands, love their music, and unfortunately, neither of them are with us anymore. But uh, Peter Steele, yes, and Dave Brocky, yes. For if you don't know who Dave Brocky yeah. is, <laughs> Dave Brocky was Odorous Urungus of yes. Guar, and I I love the new Guar as well. Oh yeah, Blood Blood of the Gods is a great album. But it was one of those times, one of the bands that I could say, like, when they change singers, a piece is missing. Yeah. And I'm not going to... I still like Guar. I still love seeing him, but a piece is missing. It's not Brocky. Right. Uh, because he he was not a technical singer. No. You know, I mean, he was not a singer, for Christ's sakes. I mean, if anybody ever worries that when they go to karaoke that they can't sing just listen to guar you'll be fine right you know except the road behind even then it's still it's it's still it's still brocky yeah and then on the opposite peter Steele, a deep soulful just yeah pained yeah voice listen to everything dies oh that is such yeah that whole album uh um uh, World coming down. Yes, it's just it's just tinged with. Or is that October Rust? Uh, no, I think that's no, World that, Coming Down. No, October Rust. Yeah, October Rust was a more upbeat album. If Typo has upbeat albums, yeah, you know. But I mean, his, their cover of Summer Breeze. Yeah, I mean, I Typo Negative is one of those bands that I listen to every album. If we did a deep dive on on Typo Negative. I would not have a song I wouldn't put on it because I love their whole catalog. Yeah. I mean, any you I could drop the needle on any track of yeah. any album and I like the song. Same here. I I fucking love Typo. I Negative. mean, it is such and that just I fell in love with like gothic doom metal because of them. Yeah. And that's one band I'm glad ne- did decided not to go on. After their singer died, mm-hmm. you know, because they like, they even asked Kenny Hickey. Yeah, uh, they asked Kenny, you know, oh, what are the plans? We're done. There is no typo negative without Pete. Yeah. And I was I was saying this not too long ago. Typo was the first metal band that I got my first mosh pit injury to. <laughs> I got myself a black guy in the pit at Crock Rock. <laughs> no, Lupo's at Lupo's. Yeah. Wow, typo at Lupo's. <laughs> yes, and that I, had to be the Bloody Kisses tour. And yes, Lisa took a picture of I. I had my typo hat on, and you know I wasn't too cool not to to wear. You know, at that point it was like I'm wearing the shit to the yeah. The wear show. the band's merch to the show. Yeah, and I and I got I got punched in. I, I don't remember if I got punched or I got elbowed. 
it happened so quickly. Yeah. But I remember when I turned around, the guy that did it gave me this look, like almost like, you know, come on, what are you going to do about it? So I, I pretty much, you know, I, I pretty much like just leveled, <laughs> just ran into him with all my might with everything flailing. <laughs> it's, did he fuck with you after that? No, no. Mission no. accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Um, yeah, I don't know what the mosh pit version of it was, but it was just like every every arm and leg was flailing in every direction nice. as I ran into him. Nice. Yeah. That was, I, I tell you what, man. Pete Steele. Oh. That guy could go from, uh, that guy could go from, and he did, he, he had, he had that acidic tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, and that acidic writing style. He could go from a song like Unsuccessfully Coping with the Natural yep. Beauty of Infidelity mm-hmm. to something beautiful and haunting like Everything Dies. Mm-hmm. Or, on the, uh, you know, a dark song like Everyone I Love is Dead. And strangely enough, they even, rel- they even went into... I won't want to say... I don't want to say silly, but not serious. I don't want to be me. My Girlfriend's Girlfriend. Great song. Yeah. I mean, that that's like a song that Steel Panther could pull off. Yeah. You know what I mean? My girlfriend's girlfriend. She yeah. looks like you. Yeah. My girlfriend's girlfriend. She's my girl, too. Yeah, it's like, that's such, and, and they could pull off all, they could pull off the soulful, you know, just slow, melodic, and then they could, and it still sounds the same. Yeah, it, it's type, you could tell it's type out. Yeah, I will say that, and the funny part, when I saw them live, that band does not smile. No, there is there is no happiness on that stage. Whether it's an actor or anything, it's like I've never seen such dour people in my life while the crowd was loving every minute of it. Yeah. And, and just a phenomenally talented band all around. You know, that, that typo is an underrated band yes. as far as like their technical prowess. A typo is fucking great. Yeah, that was also my first crowd surfing that I did. And 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 because and because I'm an I'm agile like a cat, I didn't break my ankle. Oh, dunking on that! Oh, you just posterized the old man. <laughs> you just posterized the old boy. Damn, son, that's like that's like some Jordan level shit. Oh fuck me! <laughs> Here's one for you. Yeah, and uh, we're. We should bring this to a close. Oh, man. Yeah, I see. I Um, I knew. We're an hour 46 deep, brother. Yep. Um, One of my favorite vocalists of all time, but by all accounts, pretty shitty human being, especially to his bandmates, Jeff Tate of Queensryche. Yeah, I didn't know what he did personally. He said, I know that the band will never reconcile. Well, when you spit in your drummer's face just before going on stage. Yeah, that's not a good thing. But yeah, he's a he is an amazing vocalist. Yeah. And that's one that's one band where they the the guy that they picked to take Tate's spot, Todd Latour. Mm-hmm. Todd Latour can pull it off. But Jeff Tate can still do Jeff Tate mm-hmm. live. You know, he's still got he still fucking throws down. And he is he's another one of those classically operatic trained singers. And he's just got a range that is f- fucking unbelievable. He could shatter glass. Oh yeah. Peel paint off the walls, mm-hmm. you know, and another guy like that, uh, you know, we won't get too deep into it, but uh, Chris Cornell. Oh, my God. Yeah. Chris Cornell. That's another guy with a voice that could tear your heart out. Yeah. He his voice. I mean, and I know Soundgarden was around before grunge. Yeah. But 
Chris Cornell's voice, you know, along with Eddie Vedder's, that is what grunge made made grunge what it was. Yeah, I'll give you that. You know, that that vocal styling is what everybody and that's why STP gets confused. Yeah. That would lie because it, it all that's what the sound was. That yeah. that pained. And, you know. Well, you gotta throw Lane Staley in there too, from Alice in Chains. Oh, definitely, yeah. That yeah. that was just a, a key signature yeah. of that of that sound. And Cornell I think Cornell, of all of them, was one that I didn't mind listening to. He was the best of the bunch. Yeah. That's uh, that's for damn sure. And, you know, everybody talks about the big four of thrash metal mm-hmm. with being Anthrax, Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth. Yes. The big four of grunge, you had Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, and uh, Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. There's one front man left, and that's Eddie Vedder. Ah, Yes. You know, I had to think of that. <laughs> there, you know that uh, that's it. Um, but there's there's so many great singers that we'll, we'll never be no. able to finish this. No, you know, and do it justice. Yeah. But I do have a fun way. We're gonna put a bow on it. Mm-hmm. I want you to pick your Mount Rushmore. Mm. But I'll expand it. You get five. Mount okay. Rushmore's four, but we'll pick five. Your five favorite vocalists. Oh. Well, I mean, I've, I've already, I think I've already named pretty much who I would pick. I mean, Elvis. Okay. Um, Peter Steele. Okay. Um, so why, man, you always throw me out. You always got to throw these top fives at me like, <laughs> like. Hey, it's what we do. Because I'm always afraid I'm going to miss one that, oh my God, how did I not mention that one? I love that person. Right. You know, and that that pisses me off. And see, and this is why I put you on the spot. Oh God! But I, uh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm putting Dave Brocky up because okay, I I absolutely love Guar music. Okay. Um. Oh uh, boy. Okay this this one's gonna be probably one we didn't talk about. Okay. But I do love his style for his uh, Axl Rose. Okay. And uh, a fifth. Um. Uh. I'm saying Ozzy. Okay, there you go. Yeah. That's not a bad top five. No, it's hard, man. It, it is. <laughs> it is. You know, I while you were while you were ruminating on yours, <laughs> I've been ruminating on mine, and I'm still not done. Bastard. Uh, <laughs> my, t- my top five. If I'm going to build a Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of singers across any genre, whatever. Um, number one, I'm going to go with Ian Gillen of Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just for his work with Deep Purple. But if you go back and you find his stuff that he did when he was in the production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ian Gillen. I'm going to go Ronnie James Dio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to throw... I I have to throw Pete Steele on there. I love it. I love everything Pete's done. Um, Believe it or not, I'm going to throw Corey Taylor on there. Oh, mm. Not only for the vocal ability, but also for his ability to command a crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that to me, that's part of it. And 
you know, live he sounds as good as he does on the record. And that's a big thing for me. And for that reason, number five, I'm probably going to have to go with another guy we never talked about. James Labrie of Dream Theater. Okay. You know, I know you're not a big prog guy, but James mm. Labrie and all of the guys in Dream Theater is like fucking note perfect from the album. You know, I could go on, you know, so far. I could go so far with this, you know, just my favorite vocalists. And I'm sure you could, too. Yeah. But. Oh, my God. We can't do a 12 hour. show. <laughs> we can't. I mean, we did over two hours last week just on Ozzy. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the 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 other instrumental in, instrumentation of your average rock band, which is what you have in the bucket. Right? Mm-hmm. That is I mean, those could be long shows, my friend. No, they are. I know they're going to be because that's why I put them in there, because I think every one of those positions needs to be talked about. Yeah, that's that, that's cool. I mean, I, I, I agree with you and I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. Yes, I'm, I'm glad we're going to unpack, you know, a little bit of our of our favorite and most influential musicians. Yeah. You know, I mean, guitar is going to be fun. So and, guitar is going to be on impossible. Guitar is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I have so <laughs> many guitar players that I can go through. And, you know, we're just going to have a lot of fun with this. And uh, I hope you guys have fun with it, too. Yes. And, you know? and, I, and we both know we're both well aware we missed a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't come after us. Yeah. I, I have about a dozen or so names still popping around my head. It's like. Oh, me too. But it's like the time restraints. Yeah. It's a time. Got the time tick ticking in my head. There's one we never brought up. Joey Belladonna. <laughs> or Prince. Or Prince. <laughs> or Tom Araya. We know we forgot them all. And I know it's... I forgot John Bush, too. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I know I forgot James Hetfield. Yes, there, there's tons of them. We just, it's just, there's so many out there. We wanted to just, see, I had to bring up Firehouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Firehouse. We could have probably brought up somebody great. You know, we could have talked about Eiffel 65, but no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we could have brought up Dead or Alive, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> you spin me right around, baby. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, on that note, <laughs> Jim, don't be blue. Oh, don't be blue. So I warned you. I warned you. <laughs> but should you listen? No. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. On that note, until next time, this is Oh No, Not Them. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. Later on. <laughs>